All right. Good afternoon, everyone. I thank you all for tuning in. Um, go ahead and like, share, comment, send your hearts, the whole nine. We're going to go ahead and start with Job chapter 11, and we're going to work through this. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I started this uh, Job uh the series of Job titled Don't Allow Your Comp Your Don't Allow Your Continence to Change Your Confidence. And for those of you who do not know the background story of Job, it is about Job being um struggling in his body, struggling with his wife. He lost his children, he lost his land, he lost his uh cattle, he um he lost a lot. He didn't lose his life, but he was a man that was upright. He was a man that was um, in his land. He was the only one that was living as a righteous man. He was upright in his character. He was upright in his integrity. That means he had morals. He had standards. Um, he, he loved. He had compassion. He helped people. Um, you know, he was kind. He was sweet. He knew God. And he knew God for himself. And so when life began to happen, Job said, my worst fears has come to pass. And I would rather God had not even allowed me to be even born, that he would just cause that whole day just to be dark. And so he he expressed his emotions. He, he expressed his fears. He expressed his, his concerns. He, he expressed his, his struggle. And he had three friends that decided to come together and to sit with him in, 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 in quietness. You know, they didn't say anything at first, but when they began to speak it up until this point, up until chapter 11, we're going to hear from Zophar, his, his, his third friend, his last friend that gives the word. And I said to some people on yesterday, when I did this live, um, sometimes you can be speaking right, but to the wrong person. Amen. And so um, on today, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank those who are watching publicly. I want to thank those who are watching privately. I want to thank those who may be at work on their job, um, uh, in their car, on lunch, you know, wherever you are. Um, also, this also plays in the evening, every evening um, at 5 p.m. on my podcast, which is on Spotify. You can find it. It's actually on six platforms. Through, uh, my podcast is on six platforms, and I just don't know them all, but Spotify. So it's titled, When I Do Tons It So I Don't, The Wilds of the Vows, comes from a ministry that got given to me in 2016, and it came alive in 2017. And um, I had it um, trademarked, and I now own that mark. Like, it belongs to me. And I did that because I know without a shadow of a doubt, God gave me that for marriages, for ministry, for those who need to be encouraged, for those who need to be uplifted, for those who struggle in leadership, for those who struggle with leadership, for those who are not in the house of God because of things that have happened inside the house of God. And so some of us don't know that we are the church, that we are the church. It's a building that we go into that where we're supposed to worship God and worship him in spirit and in truth. But how many of you know that sometimes it's a struggle trying to stay sane and saved when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to leaders, when it comes to people, period, when it comes to your life, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your children, your marriage, your ministry, whatever the case may be, every day something is going on. Every day somebody is losing their life. Every day someone is being betrayed. Every day someone is in ICU. Every day someone is being threatened. Every day something is happening and God has called us to preach the gospel of the good news, to let those know he never told us that we were not going to struggle. He never told us that we were not going to be betrayed. He never told us that we were not going to be loved. Jesus said to us, you're going to be persecuted for my namesake. Jesus said to us, they're going to hate you because they hated me first. Jesus said, you're going to go through some things. Jesus said, don't be a hypocrite like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus said, what you speak in the dark will come to light. Jesus said, what's spoken in closet shall be heard on the rooftop. Jesus said, he said a lot. Paul said, Saul said, the 12 disciples said, we need to listen and we need to hear and we need to understand the word of God. 
the Bible, biblical instructions before leaving earth. I put a, a, a video on my page of, of people in the house of God, and then they're just disappearing one by one, two by two maybe, but some being left behind and then running to the altar as if they have an opportunity to repent. You will not have an opportunity to make it right. You will not have an opportunity to, to pray when you hear that sound, when you hear that that's the sound of thunder, when you see Jesus for yourself ascending from heaven and coming down and not touching this earth and those in Christ shall die first and those that remain shall be caught up with him in the air. But those of you that do not know him, those of you that are evil, those of you who are wicked, those of you who are who has hatred in your heart, those of you who have hidden agendas, everybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall not make it in. Everybody that lay hands shall not make it in. Everybody who prophesies, those some of you who prophesy will not make it in. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4 and 8, I believe that the righteous is scarcely going to be making it in. So what about the ungodly? What about the sinners? If the sinners are not going to make it in and the righteous is barely going to make it in, you got to learn this thing for yourself. You got to get it for yourself. You got to know it for yourself. You got to be able to recognize what's good and what's evil. You got to be able to recognize who's for you and who's against you. You got to be able to recognize what you need for your life, what you need for your walk. You got to recognize that if nobody goes, you better try to make it in yourself. That may sound selfish, but sometimes you got to be selfish with your salvation. My God, sometimes you got to be selfish with your salvation. Sometimes you may have to be selfish with your salvation because you want to make it to heaven. So if you got to be the one to give the truth, then you got to give the truth. And if you lose them by giving the truth, so be it. Sometimes you got to be the one to give that hard word. And if you got to be the one to give that hard word, so be it. But make sure whatever you're getting is lining up with the word of God. For me, because I read this for myself and what I see is not what I see here. It does bother me. Because I'm just like, who shall leave? Who shall really be the leader outside of Jesus Christ? So if you have the heart of God, you should, be, you should be doing the work of God. If you have the word of God, you should be doing the work of God. I got to write that down. If you have the word of God, you should be doing the work of God. What does that mean? If the if the word of God says you got to make some things right, that's the work of God. If the word says that you got to recover quickly, that's the work of God. If the word says you got to love your enemies, that's the work of God. If the word says you got to pray for them who despitefully use you, that's the work of God. Because when you're doing the work of God, you're going to allow the word to do the work. But you got to have a righteous heart. You got to have the right spirit. And you got to be able to stand against opposition, to stand against adversity, to stand against whatever is fighting against you, whatever is trying to take you out. You got to stand. So, Lord God, I thank you on this afternoon that you will continue to allow your word to affect your people. You got to allow your word to affect your people. You got to allow your word to affect the people. So God, continue to allow me to do the work that you have called me to do, that I will do it behind closed doors or I will do it while the doors are open. But however you see fit, God, for me to do it, I come to serve you. I come to serve your people. I come to give the word of God to wherever their situation is. I come to help the brokenhearted. I come to help the lost. I come to help those that need to be encouraged, that need to be loved, that need to 
to be guided, that need to be led. Lord God, continue to strengthen me to do the work that you've called me to do. Continue to hold me that you've called me to do. Continue to show me that I will lead by an example. I will be the example, that I will allow the light to shine through me so that they don't see me. They'll see the light in me through you, God in the mighty name of Jesus. So Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord God, let me decrease as you increase, God. God, your word says you'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. God, you say, don't lean to your own understanding, but acknowledge me and trust me and depart from evil and don't be wise in your own eyes. So God, I thank you for continually to give me clear vision. God, I thank you for continually giving me the right spirit. Lord God, thank you for allowing me to continue to cleanse my temple to, so that I can help the people. So God, I thank you for the word on today. And because your word is already blessed and it needs to bless the people going in and coming out, that we're no longer standing in darkness, that we're no longer going through darkness, that we're no longer in the valley being afraid because your word says in Psalms 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Lord God, I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near perfect, but I strive to be perfect every day, to do your character, to do your integrity, to do your morals, to do your standards, to do your word, to do your way, to do everything that you've called me to do, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much pain it causes, no matter how much suffering comes behind it and comes forward. God, I will continue to keep my armor on so my mind stays conscious. My mind stays clear. My mind stays concise, Lord God, that I will be able to teach what thus say of the Lord in season and out of season, that I will not only rebuke, that I will not only reprove, but rebuke, Lord God, bring in correction, Lord God, so they will receive conviction, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and not judging them, but loving them, not condemning them, but showing them compassion of why they must be restored, why they must be reconciled back to you, why they must come back from a backslidden state, why they must do the work that you have called them to do, Lord God. So God, I thank you for today because this is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Lord God, it's not about the elegant of speech. It's not about the elegant of words, but it's just giving your word by the way that you have given it to us, Lord God. So continue to allow us to use our, to use your ability and our inabilities to use your, to, to allow you to allow us to be capable in our incapabilities, Lord God, because Philippians 4 and 13 says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So God, strengthen the people's mind, strengthen their walk, strengthen their talk, Lord God, strengthen everything about them and me, God. We're growing together. We're knowing together. We're going together, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, look on those who are on their beds of affliction. Look on those that are in the hospital. Look on those who are in ICU. Look on those who have COVID. Look on those who have the flu. Look on those who have lost their loved ones. Look on those who have lost siblings. Look on those who have lost a wife or a husband. Look on those who are brokenhearted. Look on those who are depressed. Look on those Lord God, let them know that you are a mind regulator and a heart fixer. Let them know that you come to help them and not hinder them in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you. I love you. I bless your name and I glorify you. I give you all the praise. I give you all the honor. I give you all the glory because you're Lord of Lords. You're the King of Kings. You're the great I am. You're Alpha and Omega. You're the first and the last. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Nisi. You're Jehovah Rafi. You're El Shaddai. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because you've given us life and you've given it to us more abundantly. So, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, Job chapter 11, the speech of Zophar, the last friend that speaks of Job. And he said, then Zophar, the name of thy, and said, should not the multitude of words be answered? And should a man full of talk be justified? 
should thy lies make men hold peace? And when thou mockest, shall men make thee ashamed? For thou hast said, my doctrine is pure, and I'm clean in thine eyes. But oh, that God would speak and open his lips against you, and that he would show you the secrets of wisdom, that they are double to that which is. Know therefore that God exact, exacteth of thee lies than thine iniquity deserveth. Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the almighty perfection? It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell? What canst thou know? The measure thereof is no longer than the earth and broader than the sea. If he cut off and shut up or gather together, then who can hinder him? For he knoweth vain men. He seeketh, he seeth wickedness also. Will he not then consider it? For vain man would be wise, though man be born like a wild donkey colt. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thy hands toward him, if iniquity be in thy hand, put it far away and let not wickedness dwell in thy tabernacles. For then shalt thou lift up thy face without spot. Yea, thou shalt be steadfast and shalt not fear because you shall forget thy misery and remember it as waters that pass away and thine age shall be clearer than the noonday. Thou shalt shine forth, thou shalt be as the morning, and thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Yea, they shall dig about thee, and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. Also, thou shalt lie down, and none shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee. Verse 20 but the eyes of the wicked shall fail and they shall not escape and their hope shall be as the giving up of the ghost. Listen, y'all. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. Let me help y'all out. I'm going to read this to you again in the New Living Translation. And we're at Job 11, verse 1. Listen, the New Living Translation says, Shouldn't someone answer this torrent of words? Is a person proved innocent just by a lot of talking? Should I remain silent while you babble on? When you mock God, shouldn't someone make you ashamed? You claim my beliefs are pure and I am clean in the sight of God. So Zophar is telling Job, he's repeating the words that Job said to them about his beliefs are pure and he's clean in the sight of God. But then Zophar turns around and mocks him and says, if only God was, if only he would tell you what he thinks, if only he would tell you the secrets of wisdom for true wisdom is not a simple matter. Zophar said, listen, God is doubtless. God is doubtless punishing you far less than you deserve. Can you solve the mysteries of God? Can you discover everything about the Almighty? Such knowledge is higher than the heavens. And who are you? It is deeper than the underworld. What do you know? It is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. If God comes and puts a person in prison, or cause the court to order, who can stop him? For he knows those who are false and he takes note of all their sins. An empty headed person won't become wise any more than a wild donkey can bear a human child. If only you would prepare your heart and lift up your hands to him in prayer, get rid of your sins and leave all iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten with innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be like water flowing away. Your life will be brighter than the noonday. Even darkness will be as bright as morning. Having hope will give you courage. You will be protected and will rest in safety. You will lie down unafraid and many will look to you for help. 
but the wicked will be blinded. They will have no escape. Their only hope is death. Now, mind you, Zopar harshly accused Job of self-righteousness and stubbornness, telling him that he deserved to suffer even more than he had. He maintained that if Job would turn from sin, his sufferings would immediately cease and security, prosperity, and happiness would return. Zophar's speech contains serious theological error. The Bible nowhere guarantees a life clearer than noonday. For the faithful believer, rather, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So Job So chapter 12, Job replies and answered Zophar. He said, you people <laughs> really know everything, don't you? And when you die, wisdom will die with you. Well, I know a few things myself, and you're no better than I am. That's what he told Zophar in verse, in, in verse 3. Should thy lies make men hold their peace? And when thou mockest, shall no man make thee ashamed? Job was telling Zophar right there, you're no better than me. And there are so many self-righteous people in this world. It's ridiculous. And it's sad that it's the Christian men and women. It is some of the Christian men and women that have a spirit of self-righteous that think that they are better than the next person. They are better than the next pastor. They are better than the next apostle. They are better than the next bishop. They are better than the next layman. They are better than the next evangelist. They are better than the next prophet or prophetess. Why do some of you think that you are better than somebody else? Why do you think you're the only one that God speaks to? Why do you think you're the only one that God speaks to? Please make me understand that. Because you may not see it, but God sees it. But when somebody comes around and brings a prophecy word to you and say, you're self-righteous. And the first thing you all do is get mad and angry and frustrated. And that's when that Satan, that's that flesh of Satan rising up in your mind, rising up in your heart, rising up in your thoughts. Instead of y'all resisting the devil, instead of y'all rejecting the devil, you're accepting him into your heart. Because see, y'all still thinking, Satan can't get into my heart. I'm, I'm too pure. Satan can't get into my heart. I'm, I'm too perfect. Satan can't get into my heart. I'm, I'm too righteous. Satan can't get into my heart. I, I have my armor of God on. But God will allow your heart to be hardened to make you think that you're also oh perfect and then by the time your heart has been released you've been created so much damage and confusion and chaos and destruction and then you ask yourself how did i even get here because y'all still got this mentality that God is just such a loving God. Y'all don't have this mentality that God is a God of judgment. You're sinning. You're wrong. You must face the consequences of your actions, your faults, your mistakes, and your sins. Because if you're not a sinner, you're a transgressor. What is it? Either you're transgressing against God's law or you're sinning against the word of God. What is it? Job said to his friend, you're no better than me. Job said, who doesn't know these things you've said? Job said, I know all of this. I know the word of God. I know that when you're sinning, you got to pay the consequences. 
I know that when you steal from a store, you're going to go to jail and you got to have your hand, your fingers cut off. I know that when you're committing adultery, you're sinning against God. I know when I'm having a bad day, I need to cry out unto the Lord. I know all of these things. So yet, my friends, you're laughing at me. You're mocking at me, for I call on God and expect an answer. So why are you thinking I've not called on God? I've called on God. I've called upon the Lord. I've done what you said, that what I should be doing. I've done that. But I hear I still sit in this place and listen to you all tell me and accuse me and condemn me. And I'm telling you, I've done nothing wrong. I've already weighed it out. I've already went down and set cloth and ashes as soon as things begin to happen. I tore my robe. I shaved my head. I threw coal on me. I went down. I bowed down and worshiped the Lord. I didn't immediately, immediately start blaming people. I didn't immediately start blaming God. I didn't immediately start tearing up my house. I didn't immediately go out here and get drunk. I didn't immediately go out here and grab some weed. I didn't immediately go out here and put my hands on people because I didn't got violent and angry. But I went down in prayer and I cried unto the Lord. So don't sit here and tell me what I already know. Give me the right wisdom. Encourage me with kindness. I need your compassion, not your condemnation. I need your love. I don't need your judgment. I need your help, not your hindrances. I need to be uplifted and not torn down. He said, I, I am a just and blameless man. Yet they laugh at me. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. Yup. The first thing y'all do, some of y'all do, yeah, yeah, they must have done something wrong. Oh, yep. God is punishing, punishing them for their sin. Yep, they must have done something wrong. Here comes judgment. And here's the thing. You may be right. Because what you sow, what you reap, what comes around goes around. But when are we going to get to a place and a time to where, okay, we've judged them enough. Now let's go help restore them. We've been mean to them long enough. Let's go love on them. Y'all don't hear me. Your hearts are still hardened. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. They give a push to people who are stumbling. But robbers are left in peace. And those who provoke God live in safety. Though God keeps them in his power. Just ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fish in the sea speak to you. For they all know that my disaster has come from the hand of the Lord. For the life of everything, for the life of every living thing is in his hand and the breath of every human being. The ear tests the words it hears. Just as the mouth distinguishes between foods, wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old but true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. What he destroys cannot be rebuilt. What he puts someone in prison, when he puts someone in prison, there is no escape. If he holds back the rain, the earth becomes a desert. If he releases the waters, they flood the earth. Yes, strength and wisdom are his. 
deceivers and deceived are both in his power. He leads counselors away, stripped of good judgment. Wise judges become fools. He removes the royal robe of kings. They are led away with ropes around their waist. He leads priests away, stripped of status. He overthrows those with long years and power. He silences the trusted advisor, removes the insight of the elders. He pours disgrace upon the princess and disarms the strong. He uncovers mystery hidden in darkness. He brings light to the deepest gloom. I got to stop right there because something just dropped in my spirit as I was reading this. What you leaders have to understand, you're, some of you are not preaching judgment. Literally, that just dropped in my spirit. Some of you are not preaching and teaching on judgment and you are allowing other leaders to praise over sin to praise over hurt to praise over betrayals but but praise over issues and struggles without letting them know repent ask for forgiveness stop gossiping wives Stop being submitted to other men other than your husband. Husbands, love your wives as much as you love the house of God. Treat them with respect. Treat them with dignity. You are allowing these leaders to live in sin. And then you don't bring judgment to their lives and their actions and what they are doing. Because you don't want to lose them. You don't want them hurt. You don't want them to say everything is so wrong. Everything is so bad. Yes, when you're doing everything wrong, when you're saying everything bad, you got you leader got to be the one to bring change. Correction. So their hearts will be convicted. Some leaders are leading y'all straight to hell. Some leaders are refusing and resisting to speak to your sin because of your status, because of your money, because of what you're sowing, because of your, your, your influence, because of whatever that you're bringing to the table is killing you spiritually. It's killing you secretly because some of these leaders want what you have but they're not giving you what you need concerning your salvation concerning your deliverance wives are in wives walking in disobedience husbands walking in disobedience because the leader just won't say you gotta stop cheating on your wife. You gotta stop cheating on your husband. You gotta stop manipulating the finances. You, you gotta stop mistreating your children. You gotta watch the words that comes out of your mouth. You gotta stop downplaying your husband. You gotta stop mistreating him. You gotta let your wife know she can't wear a mini skirt and a halter top to church. Character and integrity means everything to God. And if God saw so much confidence in Job to allow Satan to take from him, God already knew the heart of Job. And God already knows the heart of his people. But because you think, because you've given the word of God, but are you teaching the word of God? Are you living the word of God? Are you being the word of God? Not just, listen, I can do this all day. But I look at myself. I don't see you. When I do these series, when I do these teachings, I don't see you. I see a reflection of me. I see a reflection of the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. I see the reflection of God that's over me. I see a reflection of Jesus Christ who still 
loves me, cares for me. So 24, Job, 11 and, 11 and 24, Job continues to say, he strips kings of understanding and leaves them wandering in her pathless wasteland. And 25, they grope in the darkness without a light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. Job condemned the way prosperous people often think. In contempt, they look down on the poor and needy and justify their lack of sympathy by assuming that the unfortunate have brought adversity on themselves. At the same time, the prosperous are at ease with their own lifestyle because they believe God has rewarded them for their faith and righteousness. Both assumptions are erroneous, for they are numerous exemptions among those who are critics, who are citizens of the kingdom of God. We must believe that God is wise and powerful and that his ways with us are the best and the, sure, and the surest means of attaining our highest good. Believers must never think that God has promised a trouble-free life. God may send both joy and sorrow in order to detach our love from the things of this world and attach itself to himself. And I, I said a little while ago, we are attaching ourselves to people because of where they are and where we think they're at. But we need to be attached to God himself. Not worrying about money, but being worried about money, but using wisdom. God directs events in a committed believer's life for the purpose of personal sanctification and the fulfilling of his or her service in the kingdom of God. In this life, Believers can never completely discern the ultimate purpose of everything that happens to them, nor will it always be perfectly clear how God is causing all things to work together for good. During those times when we cannot fully understand God's method of dealing with us, we should commit ourselves to our Heavenly Father just as Christ did on the day of his crucifixion. That's it. That's it. That's it. Jesus came so that we would have a, a right to the tree of life. Jesus came so that we could fully live life with him and his father in heaven. But Jesus had to come down and be the example that you can live a life happy after you were betrayed, after you were hurt, after people were throwing rocks at you or wanted to throw rocks at you, after the lies, after the manipulation, after the struggle, after this, after that, that you could still be happy because you would have a conscious decision in knowing if this is going to be the day that I'm going to be betrayed, Lord, give me wisdom, give me strength, hold on to me because my, I feel my flesh may want to rise and retaliate and bring vengeance and do violence. God, allow the word to show up for me. Allow the word to come out of my mouth 
when it happens. If it happens, I need to be ready for whatever attack that's coming. Because in reality, life is about choices. So you need to stop saying, well, I ain't got a choice. You do have a choice. You do have a choice. You just have to make sure you make the right choice. You just have to make sure you're using wisdom in the choice you choose to make. You want to cut somebody off? Make sure you do it the right way. That's wisdom. You want to walk away from some folk? Do it in the right way. That's wisdom. People are hurting you? Speak to it in the right way. That's wisdom. But avoiding them, ignoring them, releasing them without explanation, without conversation, without communication, without having a meet, without having a set down, that's not wisdom. That's wickedness. Yeah, that's not wisdom. That's wickedness. That's with an evil heart. Because the heart of God says, if your brother has offended you, go to them. Make it right quickly. Leave your gift at the altar. When you remember something is wrong, then when you make it right, you go get them and make it right. Then you go back and pick up your heart. But there are so many leaders laying hands with malice in your heart concerning someone else. There are so many leaders preaching the gospel when you got hatred in your heart with somebody writing your congregation. There are so many leaders that got infidelity in their heart with somebody right there in your own ministry or somebody else's ministry. This is what you're doing. This is what is being done. And then those who are bringing it, such as myself, you'll turn around and say, that's wickedness. That's malice. That's hatred. That's jealousy. That's strife. They're hating on me. It's the word of God. It's not malice. It's not hatred. It's not jealousy. It's not envy. It's not an ill feeling. We're telling you what God has shown us for you. We're reminding you what the word of God says for you. You got people under you that you're leading just like you. Is that compassion or control? Because at the end of the day, we as leaders should not be talking about other leaders to lay members. We as leaders shouldn't be talking to other uh, people that are not strong enough in their faith to understand why you're having that conversation with them. Or you think they smart enough to handle it. You think they strong enough to handle it. But they're taking what you're saying out to somebody else. So they're not just uncovering you. They're uncovering them and they're uncovering everybody else. But then we all want to hear, oh, you're going to receive land. You're going to receive money. You're going to receive houses. You're going to receive this. You're going to receive that. Oh, I see this coming in your future. Oh, but is God showing you their heart? And when he is seeing, he's showing you their heart. You don't want to leave them. You don't want to get a backlash. You don't want them coming against you. So you leave all that out. When it comes to my salvation, if you see that I'm doing something wrong that I don't even recognize, if you are a true man and woman of God, you're going to call it out. Not publicly, but you're going to bring me close and say, hey, listen, God has just shown me some things. And right there, we should already know because of what we do in secret. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, y'all just missed it. We're adults. We're, we're not stupid. We know what we do. We know what we say. We know when we being messy. We know when we being petty. We know when we throwing shade. We know when we, 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 we know when we're trying to throw a stone at somebody else. We know. But then when a pastor or a preacher or a teacher or a prophet or an apostle or a bishop, they call you out on it, but they're wrong. So instead of you receiving the conviction, Instead of you receiving the correction and make it right, listen, you got listen, you got to apologize to me. You ain't got to tell me what it's for. Sister Holloway, listen, please just know I'm sorry. Please forgive me. 
I, I'm sorry. Just, just in that right there. God said, go to, he didn't say that you had to, he said, confess your faults one to another. Now, if you choose to confess it and say whatever it is that you've done or it did or, or whatever the case may be, you do that. Because if the person that you confess to is righteous, they'll receive it in Jesus' name. And they won't turn around and make you feel even better. They'll turn around and say, I'm so sorry that I made you feel that way. Please forgive me. But please, next time, don't hold all that stuff in. You, you sleeping on top of that. You praising on top of that. You going on about your day and your heart is messed up. Don't ever do that again. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Not deflecting. Not putting it up, up and under the rug. Not sitting it over onto the corner. Not putting it way back in the back of your heart. So um, you you did what triggers. So you don't want it triggered. So what you do is then you lash out at somebody else and, and you blame somebody else. But that's not what it is. It's just a trigger from somebody else. You take it out on them and then they get hurt. Now they hurt. And because now, now that you're healed and they're still hurt because they don't understand why you lash out at them. Because you didn't you didn't fix what you wouldn't face. Friends, relationships, leaders, laymen, fivefold ministries, unbelievers, believers, saints, sinners, man, woman, boy, girl, black, white, foreigner, race, religion, Gentile, Jew, Pharisees, Sadducees. This word from Genesis to Revelation is for everybody, including those who think they have arrived and they're not on your level and they get intimidated. Let's just be honest. Let's just put it out there. You get, you get in your feelings. It's the truth. So what do we do? What, what do we do? We lash out on social media because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're supposed to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So our behavior, our actions speaks louder than the words that we should be saying out of our mouths. So now we're in depression. Now we're thinking about suicide because we're being made to feel unloved, unwanted, unwelcomed. It's the truth. People are being condemned because of the truth. Jesus was condemned because he is truth. He's the, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Are we really living for him wholeheartedly? Are we really trusting God wholeheartedly? Are we really doing what is necessary concerning our salvation? Are we are we literally preaching the word of God and then turning around and doing something else? We want to make the people feel good. We don't want to make them feel bad. The scripture tells us in Proverbs that um, open rebuke is better than secret love. I don't want you to secretly love me. Yeah, love covers a multitude of sins. That is true. But if you know that I'm wrong, you know that I'm sinning. You see, you see me doing something wrong and you keep it to yourself. How is that helping? So that's why some people continue to do what they do because now it's conditioned in their mind. There's nothing wrong with it. So I'm beating on my wife. So this is that the husband's beating on his wife and he's not been spoken to by the leader in the house because he pays $700 a month. No, he pays $700 a week in ties. So you allow this husband to beat on his wife and you don't speak to it because he's a major breadwinner in your ministry. But the wife is feeling like she's losing her life because her husband can't keep his hands to himself. So he beats her and, mis and mishandles her almost every day. And so she brings it to the leader and says, I'm being beat on. And you have your leader standing with you and he's mistreating me every day 
and I come to you and I'm telling you what's happening. And it seems as though you're not doing or speaking to this thing. Why? Because in the mind's leader, he's a major breadwinner in my church. So if I speak to that and I tell him or I sit him down, I'll lose him. And I don't even know if that's really happening. But if I just said it like that and it's happening, some of you leaders need to get it together because you're causing other people to be hurt because of what you rather receive because you don't want to sit your leaders down. You don't want to speak to that sin they're doing. You don't want to call, you don't want to tell them about the mistakes that they keep making. You're, you're, the funds are coming up short almost every Sunday and you still keep them on your finance team. Why? Because their status, that the ties they, they sewing into your ministry, they got your back. What's happening? You got family members that you know that they're doing wrong, but if you speak to it, you'll lose them. But then God has sent a prophet to speak to the house and you know it, but you'll stop it. Because once the people receive true deliverance, their hearts are going to change. Their ways are going to change. And if their hearts begin to change and their ways begin to change, they got, their eyes want to be now open and say, I can't continue to do this. I, I can't continue to stay here and watch these things happen. I'm bringing it to you because we need to bring about a change. But because you're so deep in, you're not. And what happens? People start leaving the ministry. They start walking away. And then the first thing you say is, well, I don't understand. You're sinning. And oh, no, you're not, you're not sinning because you're not doing it. But it's a sin when you know about it. James, James 4:17. James 4:17. Therefore, to him to know to do what's good and do it not, to him it is sin. To him it is sin. Some of you leaders are not allowing the people to be convicted so that correction can take place, so that change can happen. What Satan does is temporary. What God does, it lasts and it's permanent. But when you are manipulating and you are being deceptive, it's still a lie. It's still wrong. Job told his friends, I'm not kicking against anything that you're saying because the majority of what you are speaking is correct. But I'm trying to get you to understand you preaching to the wrong choir. You preaching to the wrong congregation. You preaching to the wrong family member. You preaching to the wrong friend. You are dismissing the wrong people. You are dis, dis, you are disregarding, I'm sorry, you are dismissing the right people. You are disregarding the right people. God is trying to get some of you to understand that I'm trying to bring your ministries alive because the, the church is dead. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm trying to bring your ministries alive, but your church is dead. We the church. 
we're dying because we're not getting the true living water. We're not getting the right nourishment. We're not getting the right food. We're not getting the right teaching. You're telling us stuff that we know. Now deliver us from the stuff that we do know. That is what? Wrong. So that righteousness can stand. The house of God is not perfect, but the house of God is a perfect place for an imperfect people. God said, his word said, worship me in spirit and in sincerity. Worship me in spirit and in truth. But you have some people that are worshiping God still in sin without deliverance. Pause break. I said I'm using me as an example because it is kind of funny. If I'm going through, and I mean, I'm literally going through, and I'm in the house of God, I'm literally, I'm literally praying and I'm reaching heaven. So yeah, when praise go up, when worship goes up, I literally open up my mind. I open up my spirit. I open up my heart because I want to receive deliverance. I want to receive healing. I want to receive change. I want my atmosphere to shift. I want whatever took place the night before or days before or even before I walked in the door. I want all of that to be moved from my heart. No, no I want to feel nothing but God. So I don't wait on the music. I don't wait on the word. I don't wait for somebody else to take off. I, I, I'm already there. I'm already there. I'm already there. So by the time service is out and there's maybe like 45 minutes left and I'm just sitting, now I'm meditating. Now I'm praying for those who are now really trying to get their release. Deliverance will be is in the house. Literally. But because we want to be nice and soft, we don't give them completely the deliverance that they need. The Holy Ghost don't lie. The word of God does not lie. If you are a true leader, a true prophet of God, you will literally fill the house. You will fill it. F-E-E-L. Not F-I-L-L. F-E-L-L. You will fill the house. You will fill the church. You will fill the need. And go right into there. And get to laying on hands and casting out them demons and casting out that stuff. When I was in, listen, when I was in, when I got saved, some mothers had me down at that thing and they, it's like they just knew. Now nah, that ain't it. <laughs> you keep calling on God. It, it's like they just knew. It's like they just knew. Literally, they just knew. So until you look like you've been through hell and high water, your hair all over your head, your mascara done ran, you crying, snotting, boogieing, you hoarse, you wild, you tired, and then you go home, you had the best sleep ever. Why? Because every demon in hell that's in your flesh is no longer warring in your body. You've been cleansed. You've been delivered. You've been set free. You feel that freedom. And then the next step is on you. Then you make a choice not to go back to them cigarettes. You make a choice not to go back to uh, drinking. You make a choice not to go back to cussing. You make a choice to maintain your freedom. 
Because when you go back, you go through all of that to be released, to go back, to be captive. You're worse than the first that you that you started out because seven more demons plus others have come and taken over your whole body, your whole mind, your whole spirit. And then you find yourself saying, I don't understand why I'm still in this place because you won't maintain your salvation. Deliverance came, but you didn't hold on to it. You went right back to that broken relationship. You went right back to those drugs. You went right back to that place. You went right back. And you know who to blame? Not just you, the leaders. Some of the leaders that know you're not strong enough to stand on your own. So what I do is I, I sit with you, I hold you, I, I do here, here, come here. I do whatever is necessary. Yes. Hold on. Yes. Because I'm about to. So I'm done. Like I'm, I'm really done. I'm, I'm done. I, I said I'm going to commit this to an hour, but we got to stop mocking God's people. We got to stop mocking God's word. We got to stop making it since though you know God all by yourself. You got to stop having that spirit of control and let God have control. So many people won't make mistakes if they're being taught properly. Because no matter what's being done, well, I don't think you should have done that. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. Let's just hold out. You got to look look at it at another perspective. Let's just see what's really going on. Let me find out some things. Let me do some research. Let nobody move. Nobody make, nobody make a move. Nobody do anything. Just wait. Just wait. Let's wait on the Lord and see what he, and see what God does and see what God says. So listen, your every day, every day should be repentance, forgiveness, but even though we got to repent every day or ask for forgiveness every day, you, as you're growing more and more in God, you shouldn't have to repent every day. My husband said something this morning that was so profound because I said, we are, we are our sinners. He said, no, 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 because I, I, no, 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 no. We have all fallen short of the, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So yes, we have all sinned, but when we come into salvation, sanctification, holiness, then you're no longer a sinner. You now you 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 trans you're a transgressor if you transgress against God's law. Well, he said more than that. I'm just giving y'all in short because I know some of y'all like that don't make sense. Well, read your Bible, read, read your Bible, read your word. At the end of the day, everybody's not a transgressor. Everybody's not a sinner. We're saved by grace. But it's up to you to remain and maintain your salvation. Job did not sin. So can I say that even today, we don't have to sin. We don't have to do wrong. But because we don't want to lose and we'd rather gain, we manipulate. And we allow Satan to deceive us to think that we are something when we are nothing. And when God sends somebody to say, this is what's going on. I'm giving you an opportunity to fix it. I'm giving you a chance to make it right. But instead, some are so self-righteous. That ain't God. That ain't God. We don't know who they are. All right. Read your word. Read the word of God. Some of you theologians <laughs> causes you to be self-righteous because then you think you know it all. Because you have a degree. And because you have a degree doesn't mean you know it all. I learned something today and I thought, well, dang. My bad. Because I didn't know. I pray you were blessed. I pray you were healed. I pray, you, I pray that you receive deliverance. Tomorrow, if it's God's will, we'll be on here. I'll be on here. You'll be on here. And now we are here. Um, Job chapter 13. That Job brings his case to God. So I say to you all on today. If listening to this. Cause you to be in your feelings. 
take your case to God. If listening to this calls you conviction, take the case to God. If looking at this calls you to be angry, take your case to God. If looking at this calls you to go into any area, good, bad, or ugly, take your case to God and allow God to show you in spirit and not Satan to show you in your flesh. It's time out to be carnally minded. It's time now to put on the mind of Christ. It's the truth anyhow. Whether it was brought in love or whether it was brought in correction. Because correction leads to confession, leads to conviction. Amen. Amen. So thank you all for tuning in to allow your continence to change your confidence, to change your confidence in God, to change your confidence in you, to change your confidence in the word of God. Don't allow sadness. Don't allow betrayal. Don't allow hurt. Don't allow people. Don't allow this. Don't allow that to cause you to lose your confidence. Stay in your word. Stay on your knees. Continue to pray and trust God. Amen. Amen. Know that I love you. God loves you more. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. Why? Because we're helpers one to another. Amen. Amen.